We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, win time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. With its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash B-E to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash B. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights, strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com slash B. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to the Rebel Educator Podcast, where we work to amplify the voices and ideas of changemakers in education. We talk with students, educators, and thought leaders who are questioning the status quo and resisting tradition in education. I am so excited to announce the release of my new book, Rebel Educator, Create Classrooms Where Impact and Imagination Meet. It's now available on Amazon and anywhere where you read or listen to your books. So welcome Rebel Educators to this episode of the Rebel Educator Podcast. Welcome, everyone. We have a very special show on the Rebel Educator podcast for you today. I am here with Open Mind Silicon Valley Social Innovation Lab, and we have a couple of members of their founding and their staff, as well as a group of students with us today. So I'm joined by Matthew Jacobs, who is the lab consultant at Open Mind Silicon Valley, as well as Dr. Marina Vasserman, who is the founder and executive director of Open Mind Silicon Valley. We also have a wonderful group of students and participants with us that are part of the founding and organization of the Social Innovation Lab. Now, part of what's so cool about this podcast is that this is an inclusive podcast where we have speakers and non-speakers coming together with the common thread of social innovation. This is what they do in the lab. This is what we're going to do on the podcast. So we have a few non-speakers who use readers to help them. We have non-speakers who point to letters on a letter board to communicate. And we have others who are able to talk with us in a more, quote unquote, typical fashion. So without further ado, I want to spend this time getting to hear their ideas and their voices. And I'm going to let them all introduce themselves to you. Rachel says, Hi, I'm Rachel, a student at Open Mind School. My voicer is reading my words. Today, I communicate by pointing to letters on a letter board. When I was younger, I had no way to let my teachers know that I was understanding them. People think behavior is communication, 
If you take one thing from this podcast, it is that not all behavior is communication. Thank you, Rachel. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. Patrick says, hi, I'm Patrick and I'm in 11th grade. I love math, science, nightly news videos, gardening, and cooking. I experience the world as someone who is non-speaking, and every moment in time, I'm hearing sounds or seeing sights that only I can hear or see. Ether has the literal power over most of me. Matt will read my written words today. Thank you, Patrick. Welcome. Lucian says, My name is Lucian Gonzalez. I'm a ninth grader at Open Mind School. I'm interested in science, especially chemistry and astronomy, and I love listening to music. Thank you. Welcome, Lucian. Hi, I'm Aisha. I'm a senior at Milpitas High School, and I am a debater, so I've been involved in speech and debate for four years. Um, I really enjoy debate and the aspect of being able to be a critical advocate and sort of think on your feet in debate rounds, and so that's why I'm really passionate about debate and communication. I also really like science, specifically biology, and some of my hobbies include um, listening to music, reading books, and going for runs. Thank you, Aisha. Welcome. Hi, my name is Buhi. I'm a sophomore at Santa Clara High School. Some of the extracurriculars I do include dance, basketball, coding, and debate. At my school, there's a STEM program um, that was started and funded by the 49ers. And I'm part of that, and I'm passionate about STEM fields, and I'm interested in STEM. Awesome. Thank you, Ruhi. Thanks for joining us. Welcome. Hi, uh, I'm Marcus. I am in 11th grade. I'm a junior at Notre Dame High School in Sherman Oaks. And I'd say my biggest focus is in computer science and coding in general, which is how I was, I was able to get in contact with and start working with OMS as a general, like, uh, tech intern. And so I'm really happy that that was able to connect me with OMS and start me on this journey that I think has been a great experience and taught me a lot. Awesome. Thank you, Marcus. Welcome. Thank you all. I'm so excited that we are all here and getting a chance to connect and talk and share. And it sounds like we have a wide variety of interests and backgrounds, but all of you have come together as a part of the Social Innovation Lab. So what does it mean to be a social innovator at the Open Mind Social Innovation Lab? Want to know one of my biggest frustrations with ed tech? Tools that assume every student learns the same way at the same pace. I need my technology to do more for me. That's why it's so important for me to know that IXL provides true personalized learning across the entire pre-K to 12 curriculum and that it's proven benefit to all student populations, including English learners and students in special education programs. IXL is research proven to accelerate achievement. Studies across 45 states show that IXL schools outperform non-IXL schools on state assessments and independent research from Johns Hopkins University verifies IXL meets ESSA Tier 1 standards. With those results, combined with IXL's teacher-friendly reputation, what more could you ask for? I'm sure you want to increase achievement for all students. Find out how IXL can help. Visit IXL.com slash B for a demo. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Rachel says, you are an innovator when you make changes to how people think. It is breaking down unconscious biases that people have about people who don't use speech to communicate. 
I am a social innovator because I am myself. I am an advocate, a researcher with a community-based participatory research group, a college-bound student, and a transgender woman with a hairy face and no boobs. My body and my brain are really out of sync. That's what makes me awesome. It's like being an alien, but I fit into my school and family in the lab because we aren't trying to be normal. We're trying to be leaders who show others what is possible. Thank you, Rachel. I think you really are showing what it means to be a leader and showing up as yourself. And that's super important and helps other people to open their minds. (laughs) I know that sounds cliche and it's the name of your lab, but yes. Lucian says, to me, being a social innovator means pushing the boundaries of people's perceptions of what is possible for society. Yes, that's what we should all try to do, right? Be something bigger than ourselves and push the boundaries of what's possible. Patrick says, to me, social innovators are people who invent solutions to problems they see in their world. I believe social innovation is a way of evaluating uh, the way things are, the status quo in your own unique lens. And so each person has their own way of sort of figuring out how the issues in the way things are right now can be fixed. And so sort of just seeing how that all comes together from different perspectives is really interesting and necessary for social innovation. Yeah, absolutely. How do we evaluate the status quo and not only evaluate it, but take it one step farther and create an innovation, do something different than just what's always been done before? I think that being a social innovator means coming up with ideas and forming solutions to combat certain problems in society and change social norms. And I think that it means having the courage to take a stand against issues that have prevailed for a long or a short time, even if they might be small. So true. There is no issue that's too big or too small. And having that courage, I love that you use the word courage because it is really courageous. It's really courageous to be yourself. It's really courageous to share ideas. And it's really courageous just to do something different and think outside of, like Aisha said, outside of that status quo. I definitely agree that being a social innovator has a lot to do with kind of breaking or reforming ideas of the status quo. I think that being a social innovator is being someone that can bring a creative or unique skill set or set of ideas to a lot of the problems that they see in society. By providing a different perspective on those uh, issues, they can help a lot to combat them. Yeah, so much of what we do and so much of what we talk about in education in general is how do we shift perspective? How do we look at something from a different angle? There's a lot of talk about social emotional learning and empathy. And that's the whole basis for empathy is how do you take something from one person's point of view and see yourself there and really try and understand their perspective? So what are your passions? We've heard a little bit about your background and the things you like to do, but what is that passion? What is that thing that really ignites you? that drives you to want to make change and be a social innovator. Rachel says, my passion is driven by my survival instinct. I'm not going to be normal, but I am going to rock the world. So watch out. I'm getting ready to show what happens when autistic people get access to communication and when they get an education that doesn't limit, but expands past your expectations. You haven't met me, but remember my name because you will know me someday. Strong statement, Rachel. But yes, I think that our passion should hopefully go beyond our survival 
and into all of the things that, you know, we can do through education and we can do through talking and sharing and communicating and working with others. But I love the passion. Thank you. Lucian says, my passion is giving non-speakers access to the letter board, especially when other methods of communication have not worked for them or if their communication device has a limited vocabulary. Students need parents or teachers or someone to believe in them and help them learn, but many are skeptical, so they don't. Yeah, many, I think many people are skeptical. And unfortunately, I think it comes from many people having, you know, less than great experiences with some teachers or educators earlier in life before they find the right people that can talk to them and understand them and work with them. And I so appreciate how you want to help other non-speakers access the letter board and access ways to find an unlimited voice, not just the sometimes limiting vocabulary that can be in some devices. You're so right. Patrick says, really, what drives me is how empowering it has felt to bring my ideas to the group each week. My mission in life is to really make a difference in the lives of children who are non-speaking like me. So I will invent a device that makes it possible to get my ideas out of my mind so I can date and live independently someday. My plan is to find some willing scientists to make my device work. Here in San Francisco at UCSF, there is a neuroscientist who can already see changes in a stroke patient by mapping brain activity. Let's ask our empowered students to help too. Yeah. One of the coolest things that I got excited about. So I, I had a daughter with cerebral palsy and she was nonverbal. And several years ago, I went to a neurogaming conference because I got really excited about this idea of neuro interface and the ability to, you know, in her case, she was also non-mobile. So her ability to make her body move by thinking we all do that. Most of us do that pretty easily. Your body says move right arm and your right arm moves. And she couldn't do that. And so the idea for the neuro interface to be able to work with mobility, but also to work with communication, like they're getting closer to that technology where you'll be able to think what you want to say and it'll come out on a screen without having to letterboard, without having to type, without having to eye gaze and limited vocabulary, which was one of the things that I was super excited about and continue to be excited about. And so if you can work with a neuroscientist at UCSF and make that happen, like me and hundreds of thousands of people around the world would be so incredibly grateful and impressed as we continue to work on that technology. But absolutely, all the work that we can do to empower others to share ideas, because that's really you know how we start to feel like we belong. And that's how we connect with our community, is how we can create new things and share ideas and share opinions and debate and do all of these things. I love that. Thank you. I personally am passionate about the intersection between um, equality and social change, uh, between that and science. So as a social innovator, I believe that equality and like the liberation of uh, people who um, like aren't yet uh, seen as equal uh, is necessary. And it's something that like I want to be working towards. Um, something that really drives this is um, one speech and debate. As a debater, I have like come across a lot of research about like how equality isn't yet achieved and how like there are several different ways on like how we can go about achieving them through like community organizing and um, just like building a community. And so debate has really shown me how uh, these things are really important. And science is sort of similar to what Patrick was mentioning, 
about like neuroscience and how that can be like an effective communication method. I found that to be really interesting, uh, mainly because my younger sister is also minimally speaking. And so sort of seeing the connection between like neuroscience and this like social change or doing it for using it for social good seems extremely interesting to me and is something that I'm really passionate about. I see a new tagline like neuroscience for social good. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, and there are, there are so many different ways that we can look at equality and definitely, you know, looking at disabilities and abilities and speakers and non-speakers, but also gender equality or LGBTQ plus equality and racial equality. And, and there's just so many different ways that humans find to segregate ourselves. And, and I'm totally, I'm not putting words in your mouth. I'm taking this on my own train of thought. But if we can use science to really prove that we're all equal and create neuroscience for social change. So right now, I don't think I'm a social innovator, but I aspire to be one for many ways. It's a little similar to what Aisha talked about. But what drives me to be a social innovator is equality for everyone. So I want to break harmful social norms by being a social innovator. I feel like a lot of minority groups are often overlooked, and I think that it's important for people to be more knowledgeable about them. I also want to make people more accepting of others, no matter the differences they might have and how to deal with these differences, because people often hold certain stereotypes to other people. And I feel like most of these aren't true and should be addressed. I think that it's important that people aren't left out of things that aren't in their control, because, for example, I have a nonverbal sibling and I have seen how whenever we go out, we get a lot of stares and awkward looks from people when my brother behaves differently from the social norm. And I feel like people are more hesitant to approaching him, which I think is something that is wrong in society as people should be more open to others with differences. And we should break these harmful stereotypes that we have against other people. Yeah, absolutely. And so much of that is learned behavior. When we look at little kids and we put little kids who haven't had these experiences together, they just see each other as kids and they want to go play. But as we grow up and as we hit those harmful societal norms, it becomes a thing and we become standoffish or we become frightened or we're just not sure what to do. And as humans, when we're not sure what to do, we often do nothing or walk away instead of like just saying hello or just treating each other as humans. So Ruhi, I think you already are a social innovator, even though that's what you say you're aspiring to be. But absolutely, by being here, by doing this work, by talking about things that a lot of people just aren't talking about, that's what social innovation is about. I think that one of my biggest passions and one of the things that drives me personally to be a social innovator is, I'd say, kind of the drive to connect people overall. I think that in the current world we live in, a lot of people view computer science and web development and all of that as kind of just a means to a personal end or a monetary end. But just my relatively short time working with OMS has made me realize that it can be a really good way to provide people a platform to get their ideas out that wouldn't exist otherwise. And so I've become really passionate about trying to give that platform or create that platform for people that need it. Yeah, not only neuroscience for social good, but web development and use of the internet for social good. Absolutely. So many of the things that we have are so limited for 
people with disabilities and people with different challenges and everything is not accessible? And how can we design for a better future that's really inclusive of everyone? That's a big issue and a big problem. Thank you all for sharing your social innovation ideas, sharing your passion. I'd love to hear if there's any other thoughts that anyone wants to share. This is a great time to share maybe a project that's happening in the lab or anything else you want to talk about. And also how to get in touch with you. How do we find the Social Innovation Lab? Rachel says, your daughter wasn't nonverbal. She just couldn't speak. Speech is a motor function. Language is a different part of the brain. People think non-speakers are non-thinkers. It isn't true. Rachel also says, Ruki, you are an innovator by showing up and taking people with disabilities seriously. That is radical. Don't underestimate that. Absolutely. And you're right, Rachel. Eliza found many, many ways to communicate, and she was very bright and found lots of different ways to tell us all of the things that she knew. She just couldn't do it with her voice. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for sharing your voices and your ideas and your innovations. If anyone would like to get in touch with the Open Mind Innovation Lab, their website is openmindschool.org backslash social dash innovation dash lab. And that will be in our show notes as well. But we'd love for you to reach out. We'd love to share our voices and ideas. And we'd love to hear from all of you out there about the different ways that we all communicate with each other. And special shout out to Eric Kellenberger and Mark Rossimer, who support the lab to bridge students with resources and opportunities in tech and in the community. So thank you all. Thank you, everyone who's involved in the project. Thank you, students and participants and innovators for sharing your voices. And I hope that we can talk again soon. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Rebel Educator podcast. I'd invite you to check out rebeleducator.com, where you can see all of our upcoming workshops, webinars, and professional development opportunities. UpAcademySF.com, where you can see our current progressive elementary school in action. And if you've enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to leave a review and rate our show so that others can find it and love us too. Keep resisting tradition, Rebel Educators. There are a lot of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash B to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash B-E. Do you want to save time on prep work? Increase achievement for all student populations? Reliably meet tier one standards? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash B to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com slash B-E.